Chapter Fourteen of the Apostle of Alaska: The Story of William Duncan of Metlakatla by John W. Arctander. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Phil Schampf. The Son of the Heavenly Chief. While legends showing the consciousness on the part of the savage mind of the existence of a supreme being are of more or less frequency among most aborigines i doubt whether any other heathen nation can produce evidences like those of the tsimsheans of a communication in some manner or form of the story of the white christ there are any number of their legends that occupy themselves with the mission on earth of the son of the heavenly chief and the characteristics of this god-sent friend of the people correspond so wonderfully with those of our blessed saviour that it hardly seems possible for them thus to have been able to picture the man of galilee just as he wandered about on earth if those who first drew the picture had not seen him with their own eyes or received their information from some one who had mrs booth a full-blooded tsimshian at metlakatla told me that her mother had related to her when a little girl the following at first it was entirely dark there was no light in the world the people could see nothing but were groping around in a continual night then the son of the heavenly chief came down to earth and the people complained to him that it was so dark he said he would help them and then light came he travelled around for a long time and helped the people in their trouble he was so kind and good and the people loved him very much but still more wonderful appears the story of the battle between good and evil as mr duncan who has given it to me calls the following legend two of the natives have independently of mr duncan and of each other related the same story with only enough slight variations in the phraseology to prove that they each had received it from a different source the story as told me by mr duncan runs as follows once there were only two villages of people in the world a great river flowing between them they were constantly at war and the feud was so strong that finally everybody in one of the villages was exterminated except an old woman named kowak and her daughter kowak was very anxious again to populate her extinguished village which could only be done by raising up children to her daughter but how was this to be done it was of course out of the question to marry her to any man in the inimical village and the men in that village were the only ones alive in the world so kowak turned to the animal kingdom she would spend her days and nights in the forest crying out incessantly who will marry kowak's daughter repeating it over and over again finally a little red squirrel peeped out from among the branches of a spruce and said good woman i will marry kowak's daughter well then son-in-law elect if you marry kowak's daughter what will be your aim in life to what will your energies be directed oh i will scramble up the trees and gather the cones and throw them down no son-in-law elect you will have to give up the idea of marrying kowak's daughter you will not fill the bill at all next came the bear the same question was put to him his answer was i will bellow and growl and scare everybody lie in wait for animals in the forest and kill them and catch the salmon as they are jumping up the stream the same reply was given to him the deer next and then others offered their services 
the inquiry and the answer were similar each animal showing that its aim in life would be only a selfish exhibition of its own narrow conception of the enjoyment of life and the satisfaction of its animal craving then as kowak cried in the forest one day there appeared before her a person in shining clothes with a beautiful face and kind lovely eyes it was the son of the heavenly chief i will marry kowak's daughter good woman said he oh beautiful prince heaven bless you who will marry kowak's daughter the same question was put to him he answered my aim in life will be to destroy the enemies of kowak's deserted village oh you are a man after my own heart you shall indeed marry kowak's daughter but my wife must go with me to heaven and live there i cannot leave her down here all right i expected that but may i not go with you i would so like to live near my only daughter all that is left me of family parents husband and children it will be so lonely for me here well that depends on yourself but i doubt that you will be able to do so still we will try he took his wife in his arms and told the mother to hold fast by his shoulders but as we rise up he said if you would go to heaven you must not look down look up or at me all the time if you look down once you will never get there up they rose slowly towards heaven but when they got up in the clouds the old lady could not help throwing just one glance down to earth and at once her hold on the prince loosened and she sank and sank and finally she landed in the branches of a tree and there she stuck fast and she now moaned from pain and repentance that is what you hear moaning in the branches of the trees when the wind blows by and by three beautiful sons came to the daughter they grew up and became stronger and more beautiful every day the time neared when their father wanted them to go down and destroy the inimical village in the preparation for this they built each a fine house one day one of the houses commenced to sink and it struck the earth with a great noise so did the next and the next in the morning the chief of the inimical village woke up and rubbed his eyes what do i not see smoke in kowak's deserted village what can it be he gathered his counsellors together to advise him what to do they determined to send a slave over there he went and came back filled with awe and gave the most vivid description of what he had found oh there are three fine men there they treated me splendidly they were so kind and nice and there are the finest houses you ever saw the council was again called together they then determined to send the three young men a challenge to come and gamble with them two of them accepted the challenge the third one refused to gamble but said he would come along anyway they came and the game commenced the one who took no part was especially a giant with strong muscles and fine arms they won the game the chief and his followers got mad and rose up to slay them then there was a great battle in the end everyone was slain by the heavenly boys mr duncan's explanation of this legend is that it represents the battle between good and evil evil and sin first win it seems as if the good had no chance at all but then it becomes joined to the son of god he comes to redeem the world and help good in its battle against sin and evil the old lady when she sinks back to the earth represents the flesh which cannot overcome temptation 
and therefore cannot enter heaven's halls while the spirit of the good in man the bride is in the arms of christ and attains the blessings of heaven in the end comes the triumph of good over evil and the final uprooting of evil as a result of the union between christ and the spirit of man it is a beautiful legend said he when i first heard it it struck me that these indians must have had some information as to the christ we cannot explain how but the story of the saviour as we know it must have come to them in some mysterious way in order to show that they were not only thoroughly imbued with the meek and lowly disposition of the son of god and with the idea that he assumed when here the role of the servant to man but that they also had received a correct impression of his divine power evidencing itself in wonderful miracles i give the following story of tezoda the son of the heavenly chief as told by mrs joseph Nigashak, a venerable old simshian woman residing at metlakatla who prides herself on being one of tezoda's direct descendants her story is as follows once a tsimshean chief and the one next to him in rank each had a daughter the chief's daughter was beautiful the other was lame and homely the chief kept his daughter shut up from everybody as he did not want her to marry any one of inferior rank so the heavenly chief took pity on the maiden and sent his son down to woo the fair one the name of the son of the heavenly chief was tezoda when he came down to earth he brought with him a slave named halach they camped in the bush outside the village and the first night tezoda went alone to visit the maiden now he was a wonder worker knock knock so he went into the girl's room through a knot-hole in the wall the next night he sent halak in order to get his opinion of the girl as halak had no supernatural powers he had to get inside by slipping in after those who lived in the house he remained all night in the house this made the chief angry so he said that he and the girl should get married as the girl preferred him to tezoda she consented and the wedding took place at once now it was the custom that a son-in-law should get the wood and do other work for his father-in-law so halach was sent with a large canoe and a number of boys for firewood he brought back a very poor kind of wood so wet that when it was laid on the fire it put it out this made halach feel ashamed so he said he had a slave named tezoda in the bush back of the village whom he wished to have brought in to do the menial work so they fetched tezoda who came seemingly as a slave to his own former slave halach as a slave he had to sleep near the door during the night the chief's wife awoke and saw the place around where tezoda slept lighted up with a great white light so she made up her mind that he was no slave and thought she would watch him the next day tezoda was sent for firewood he took a big canoe and a number of women and started out on the way they saw a seal put its head out of the water and he asked them if they would like to have it they said they would but had no means of getting it he told them to hide their heads he then took a sling which he always carried and a stone out of his mouth and hit the seal on the head and killed it the women were pleased and from that time tezoda began to be famous he asked them if they did not want a big tree for wood but they said they could not cut it down with their stone adzes so he told them to hide their heads again and he struck the tree with a stone from his sling it fell breaking into pieces just the right length 
and he piled the whole tree into the canoe so that when they got back all the people turned out to see a canoe carry so big a load and they filled up the house with wood so full of pitch that it burned like grease so hullock was ashamed of himself also his wife was sorry that she had preferred him to tezoda and the chief felt very badly because he had such a worthless son-in-law now the parents of the lame girl were anxious to secure tezoda for a son-in-law and as he was willing the wedding took place after which a great feast was to be given to the neighboring tribes tezoda was sent out seal hunting and came back with a canoe loaded down on the morning of the feast he took his bride to a lonesome lake in the mountains and both had a bath they came out of the water looking very differently from what they did when they went in to swim the bride's lameness and homeliness were gone and she now was a beauty the groom was also much handsomer than ever when they entered and took their places at the feast they were the wonder and envy of all and the wife of hallock felt more sorry than ever that she had not accepted tezoda this was in the first part of the month of march and shortly after the whole village went to nass river to get the ulakan fish on the way up there is a high rocky point tezoda who wanted still further to shame hallock and his wife asked hallock to sling a stone at the rock hallock did so but the stone fell short in the water then tezoda took his sling and threw a stone which struck the mountain boring a hole through it which can be seen even to this day still further on the way they saw a mountain with copper on the top hallock again tried to hit it but his stone fell back into the canoe and struck his mother-in-law who fell into the water where she turned into a salmon and disappeared this was too much for hallock who felt so ashamed that he jumped overboard and was lost then tezoda with his sling threw a stone which struck the copper and knocked it down so that it dropped and broke into twelve coppers these he carried north he was the first one who brought these costly media of exchange among the northland tribes End of chapter 14